Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop. Step right in, step right in. Come one, come all. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialIneptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing good, Dan. How are you doing? Oh, uh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, it's been a really fun week here in the shop. How many months has that been since anyone's asked you that question? <laughs> you're always so polite and ask me, but I never actually ask you how you're doing. How are you today, Dan? Oh, you know, Kyle, I'm just doing swimming. <laughs> Just swimming. Is that that's a word I can use, right? Swimming. Oh, is it swimmingly? Swimmingly, ah. yeah. <laughs> I'm doing swimmingly. There we go. Well, thank you for that politeness, Kyle. You're welcome. Folks, come on into the shop with us today. Sit back, relax, rage against the hedge machine. We'd love to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here to smash our way into a complete set of fine china, sharing our ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cut losses. And if you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out the Knowledge Center on Financial neptitude.com or you can give our beginning trading episode a listen we'll we all we'll put that link in the episode description but uh the best place to be really is our discord server kyle and i are on there every day and it's it's really just an awesome place to be and if you join the server right now send us a private message with your mailing address and we're going to send you a smash it yourself mug straight from the shop smash it yourself i love that <laughs> <laughs> uh we're just so glad you're here we have a lot of fun it's always better with friends one of the the last uh mug i just sent out the the fellow was very uh, specific in asking for it to not be smashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing he wanted to do it himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where the fun is. Smashing it up. <laughs> in fact, uh, we we probably could should ca- start calling ourselves shop smashers. Or just smashers. Smashers. It's good. Smashing. Smashers. Yeah. Because it, then it's got that double entendre. Uh, <laughs> A lot of exciting stuff coming up here in the China shop. Uh, This week, we're going to put out our bonus uh, interview episode with uh, the lovely Sue Pullen. Mm, Yes. Famous for her fabulous mortgage skills. Also, huge supporter of the show. So we're really looking forward to uh, putting that out. We've been sitting on that one for a little bit just because we had such a crazy response for the little sign up thing that we signed up for to try to get some guests on this show. So we did. Yeah, we recorded that a while back while it was still in the middle, uh, middle of winter. So right. there might be some snow talk because nobody's cold and there's no snow anymore. <laughs> so, well, you never got snow. We had a lot. <laughs> Winter is coming. Right. Winter is here. Winter is gone. <laughs> Winter is gone. Oh, yes. So we've got a delirious, gregarious, glamorous show for you today, folks. Lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than a kangaroo in a trampoline store. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just to prove to you, Dan, how not difficult it is to come up with a funny one, I just used my phone to uh, suggest words. So I typed in more (laughs) options than, and then just used the suggestions. Oh, okay, okay. This is what it spit out. It said, more options than a hotel room for the next two days. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, all right. Well, yeah, especially if you're in a big uh, tourist town, lots of uh, motels and hotels. All right, well, you know, I, I like mine better, but uh, uh, I also like that telephone auto autofill. I just want you to know that you could be replaced by an algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> the moment a robot can take your job, it will. It will. It's here. Oh, folks, uh, we, we're so glad you're here. Uh, and, and just so you know, please reach out to us. We just adore your messages and comments on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, uh, Discord, or if you're old school, we, we, we love emails at twobulls at financialnep2.com. Or you can give us a phone call, 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you just fell in love and you want the world to know. It doesn't matter. We love it when you reach out. And uh, Kyle, we, we got some good email feedback this week, didn't we? Yeah, you want to you wanna read a, some uh, bits out of them? Yeah, yeah, I will uh, turn that over to you. I'd love to hear you read some bits. God damn it. How'd you know I didn't have it pulled up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a different computer. I couldn't figure out a sign into Outlook over here. I can pull it up, but it's I also don't have it pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn this fucking show. Please hold. Oh wait, that's copyrighted and it's not a parody. Um I gotta say people do not listen to this show for the the professionalism. Yeah, they listen to it for the sweet hold music. All right. We've got Mark from Texas who reached out to us. Listens to the show Thursdays and Friday. Thursday or Friday. Yeah, he's an OTR truck driver. Dan, I think you used to drive trucks, so you probably know a little bit of more about the fun of that job. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your butt gets really sore. (laughs) I imagine that uh, it's much nicer now that you don't have to listen to AM radio when you're you're doing those long hauls. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Podcasts would have made trucking when I did it in the mid-2000s. Would have made it a lot better. Oh, I bet. Probably would have had more accidents, though. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, to Uh, be fair, I had plenty of accidents without podcasts. Thank you very much. So, so Mark reached oh, out, he, uh, he didn't want to pump us up too much because he knows how egos can go, but uh, he wanted to tell us that we had the best show out there. Seriously, the best show. He says, while it's entertaining, we show an interest to learn and trade while not setting ourselves out to be experts. <laughs> Very true. Very true. He also has a lot uh, of interest in SPACs, so we're going to try to do a little more research on that on our end. Uh, he did join our mm-hmm. Discord, it looks like, because we've been uh, doing a little bit of SPAC discussion on there. So a lot of good stuff coming from Mark. We want to thank you for yeah, we love you, Mark, for reaching out to us and and opening us up to a whole new world of investment opportunities. Oh yeah, yeah, it's 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 been really great interacting with him, uh, and and that's just it. Is the more we all interact, the better we all get at this. All right. We also have Franco from Miami, Florida. Uh, he says he's really right. enjoying the podcast. He's just learning since December how to invest in the market. But listening to us has been helpful in growing his own knowledge. Just wanted to say thanks and keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Franco. Ooh. Thank you very much yes. for the, uh, reaching out to us and, and just boosting our egos, letting us know that maybe we're onto something here. Uh, your book, both yeah. Mark and Franco, you guys' mugs are in the mail. Hopefully you'll be getting those here in the next uh, week or so. Yes. And if you wouldn't mind taking a picture of yourself with the mug or taking a picture of the mug to let us know if you smashed it or not. Oh, yes. Yes. Post Definitely want to know that. And, 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 and share it with us. Uh, I, I would love a picture of either uh, unsmashed or smashed mug in your hand. It doesn't have to have your face or any revealing info. Uh, but I'd love to share that with everybody else in the shop. <laughs> 
They should be sending out sure. like two mugs so that way they can smash one and have one to actually use. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm hearing double the mug budget. All right. You got it. Hey, we're going to have to <laughs> accelerate our sponsorship plans. <laughs> we need more mugs. Tell your friends, folks, so we can buy more mugs <laughs> so you can smash them. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Oh, Kyle, you know what that brings us up to? Uh, time for some news, right? Uh, no, I believe it's time for the bet results. Oh. Which, which I don't know why you're going, oh. Yeah, I don't have to go first this time, I don't think, right? No. No, you don't. I mean, I'm still behind, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. Did I get a better return than you did? Well, let's, uh, let's find out. Uh, uh, folks, uh, my bet pick was Darling Ingredients. They're consumer staples. They sell booze to other companies to mix it in their booze. It's a very, very gross simplification of their business. Uh, <laughs> anyway, and more importantly, they opened the week at uh, $74.19 a share. They closed the week at $78.74 a share for a healthy 6% gain, moving my total up to $520.76. That's not bad. That's not bad. Not bad at all. My pick was OCGN, Occidental something. Uh, it's a health group. Uh, released some news last, uh, or not last week, the week before about a vaccine that they were co-developing with another partner mm -hmm. caused the stock to go all kinds of crazy volatile but opened the week at 893 closed at ten dollars on the dot which is kind of disappointing because it, it was up to 1080 and i probably would have been in the lead if i would have just had the ability to sell it <laughs> <laughs> i do not unfortunately <laughs> Uh, that took my bet from my total from four thirty to four hundred thirty dollars and ninety cents to four hundred eighty-two fifty-three for a healthy twelve percent. All right, so you had twice the gain that I did. Twice the gains, but half the money. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, live by volatility, die by volatility. Right. And then our our random stock was FLO. Opened at twenty two ninety six, closed at twenty three thirty four, uh, bringing its total up. Looks like eight bucks. Four seventy eight eighty five is now four eighty six seventy eight. So it's beating me by four dollars now, but it's getting closer. Yeah, you're closing in the, that gap. Yeah, still third, but momentum's on my side. There, there were some points in the week where it looked like I was just stomping both the random and you. Yeah, but, uh, that f Friday really saved your ass. Actually, Thursday is when it started, but yeah, Thursday, Friday, really, it was a, uh, it was trending like it was going to hit my stop loss. And I was just waiting for mm -hmm. it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I was down around eight. Yeah, and then just shot up on Thursday and then carry that into Friday. Ah, well, still winning for the month. For now. So look out. Stick around, folks. We'll have a new bet at the end of the episode. It'll be exciting. And uh, I have a feeling my pick is going to stomp yours this time. I still having trouble deciding which way to go. So I've got a whole episode to figure it out, I guess. And that's where my confidence comes in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. We've also got poll results to go over. Yeah. Uh, last week, we asked if Kathy Woods was just lucky or if she's still, you know, really knows what she's doing and is going to back that up and recover all the crazy losses that she's seen the, uh, since the, the tech correction. Mm -hmm. uh, this was pretty overwhelming. 72% say that 
she'll easily recover that uh, compared to 27 saying that she was just lucky. And I agree with the masses on this one. Uh, I look back a little bit more into her history. She's been putting those 20% gains up since 2014. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to be paying a lot more attention to what she does. Yeah, and I think uh, she'll come up again when we're talking about uh, a certain IPO in the news, which I think it might be time for. That was a terrible segue. <laughs> All right, well, why don't you give us one? Uh, just run with it. <laughs> Fuck you. My segues are perfect, and I've never done a poor job at anything in my life. Breaking news, folks. Breaking? There's your segue. All right. Uh, all right. Let's throw some music on. Let's get some music on. Well, we all know why we're listening today. The sharpest person with the week to replay. Back, we got some market affairs. Get some stories for the bulls and the bears. Clowns running companies. Laws change overnight. Here we are. It's time for China Shop News. Yeah, now it's time for China Shop News. All right, Kyle, Mr. Newsman, why don't you start us off with uh, with the big stories? Uh, I think the biggest one we got to start with is that stimulus has been passed, signed by Biden. Checks uh, looks like they're actually starting to go out now. Uh, they said they should be showing up in accounts as early as next week, but I think I was seeing some reports that some people might have actually gotten them this weekend already. Oh wow! Yeah, I haven't been able to check my bank account, uh, but I'm I'm hoping I'm one of those people. Yeah, I, I checked mine yesterday. I didn't see anything yet, so uh, I think you got yours before me last time, anyway. Yeah, um, I I usually do my taxes as soon as I get all the paperwork, mm-hmm. and I, and I have the direct deposit and everything set up. And I found I've I've been in the first round of distributions for every stimulus so far. Nice. So. I'm hoping that that stays true. I'm holding off on doing my taxes this year because uh, we're not going to be able to claim their kids as dependents. So I wasn't sure how that was going to affect what they hand out. If they have last year's records, I don't, might be a way to get a couple extra payments, but might have to pay it back. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like your kids aren't depending on you anymore. Oh, they are. (laughs) (laughs) But they file their own taxes already, so they should be eligible for that. We wanted to make sure they did it. That they got to file them themselves this year, so that way they got last uh, the last stimulus that can actually be claimed on this year's taxes. If you didn't get it because of something, um, it was always uh, set to be basically a credit for this year. So by letting mm-hmm. them do their file their own taxes for last year, now they should be getting something for the previous ones too. Well, it's gonna fuck up my withholdings, but look at you looking out for them. Yeah, and then I just turn around and charge them rent. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I know you can afford it. You got them stimmy checks. Yeah, I know, right? Can't claim that you can't buy your own goddamn food. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that's got to get cut. <laughs> oh, oh, of course. Of course. I was excited this week to see that uh, there was a new electric pickup announced uh, from a company called Canoe. Uh, their stock, stock ticker is GOEV. Go EV. Easy to remember, right? Oh, okay. Call, made their, just the announcement that they're going to be selling this truck in 2023 caused their stock to jump 14% huh. uh, yesterday. 
Tesla was up 4% and Ford and GM dipped, but uh, like Neo was up 11% itself. Well, everything that was tech that just got hammered the week before has really been recovering this week. I'm wondering how much of that is just is either stimulus related or if it was just typical of a correction, but it seemed like it, re- it rebounded faster than normal. I'm wondering if it's a dead cat bounce before uh, we hit some real harsh bear territory for tech. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it bounced right at that correction level. Correction, I think, is defined as 10%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It bounced pretty quick after that. Okay. Well, you know, I'm a bull, so I expect everything to go up all the time, always. I mean, if it does tank, then I guess I better get my stop losses reset, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to live through that again. <laughs> well, I did see a an article, The it was on CNN Business, it was about uh, the how the 2020 stock market looks an awful like the 2000 stock market mm-hmm. in, in terms of uh, overinflation, the volatility. Uh, I mean, what's new are meme stocks, but it, but back then we had dot-com stocks. Right. The sentiment of the news article is that the, the S&P is uh, currently trading at more than 21 times earnings estimates for the next 12 months. Right. What's the historical? That's way above the historical, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. That's above the five. The, the five-year average is uh, just under 18 mm-hmm. times the, the earnings estimates, and the 10-year average is 16. In March 2000, we were at uh, 24 times earnings estimates. Right. So, so we got a ways to go before we crash. Yeah. 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 We're only <laughs> 21 times. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the other thing that you really got to factor into that, I, I don't know if we had quite the same involvement uh, in retail as we have just from the, the perfect storm of the coronavirus locking everything down. Yeah. All sports being canceled. So you got the gamblers too that need to find an outlet for yeah. that. I know that's kind of helped us. <laughs> Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, all that new interest. Okay, yeah, but does that mean that the market's more or less likely to be in a position uh, ready to correct? I guess it just depends on what happens when everything, you know, goes back to normal. Is everyone going to pull their investments out and cash it in? Or is everyone planning on letting it ride and doing this for the long term? This is a new thing for them, a long-term thing. Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, is that is is that a Twitter poll when the economy opens back up? Uh, are you gonna dump the stocks and go back to other things, or are you gonna keep keep trading stocks? Uh, the question then should be something like: Is the surge in retail investors something that's gonna sustain as the coronavirus pandemic uh, or things start returning to normal? Like, are people the people who got interested in the market are they gonna continue? being interested or once life returns to normal, are they going to go back to their other interests and hobbies? Right, right. Retail traders who started during the pandemic, will they, will they return? Will they, will they leave retail investing or, or they now, is this now part of who they are? Will they stick around? Or are they going to leave? Are they going to leave their cash in their investment accounts? Or are they going to pull it out? What's the future hold? I'll make a, yeah. we'll make a real question out of that on Twitter and post it in the uh, link to the in the description and on the other medias. Retail investors, are, are, are they sticking around when the economy opens back up or are they pulling out? Yes, perfect. Like it. There you go, folks. There's our Twitter polls. What else do you have for news, Kyle? I've got uh, one of our favorite China stocks. Uh, not Neo, but this time Baba. Baba and specifically mm. Ant Group. Uh, There's a couple of not good stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. So the first one is a Wall Street Journal article and I couldn't really, I don't have an account with them so I can't read the whole thing, but just the headline 
headline in the first couple paragraphs, not looking good for Ant. Says that China plan, uh, China lays plans to tame Czech giant Alibaba, but the e-commerce company is to face softer treatment than its Ant affiliate, provided it distance itself from uh, founder Jack Ma. So oh. <laughs> looks like Jack Ma is still in the fucking shithouse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that was the first one that came out. The second one that came out was the resignation of Simon Hu. Uh, that's Ant Group's CEO, and that's following the regulatory crackdown. Mm. Yeah, none of these things are looking good for the way that they're going to be treated in the future. What really want to know what's going to happen with this IPO, if it is still even going to happen, for one. And the other thing I'd really like to know is how much value this has already wiped off from what they were expecting to see on that. Oh, yeah. Alibaba's stock has been, I think it, it dropped a good, you know, five or six bucks uh, when this story came out. Really happy I swapped those out with Jumia, <laughs> even though Jumia took yeah. a hit. Jumia has at least come back. Yeah. Uh, what's Alibaba at today? Uh, closed on Friday at 231.87. So, yeah, it's been a rough, uh, rough couple weeks, basically since November. <laughs> this, this company's been on a, a downward trajectory. Yeah, when we were talking about that IPO, it was up at 300 a share. It was almost 320 at one point. I mean, this thing was screaming. Not anymore. Not anymore. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not the rise and fall of Baba. Yeah, a cautionary tale of communism uh, criticism. Right. When you're trying to do market stuff in, a, in, in China, you need to remember that uh, that's, that government can really tip the scale. <laughs> yeah, no shit. What else do you have for news, Kyle? I found a fun little article about uh, the giant footprint that fucking marijuana industry is leaving as far as carbon. Oh, yeah. I find that just shocking that growing a plant, somehow industry has turned growing plants into a net negative for the environment. How is that possible? Oh, what a delicious irony. (laughs) (laughs) How can you have an industry growing plants that is actually producing more carbon then yeah then it's cleaning with the plants yeah. oh my god yeah <laughs> that is wild and i don't for i don't doubt it for a second the energy it takes for an indoor grow room mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yeah that's how they usually that's how the the police used to find them before right wasn't it using those heat absolutely thermal cameras and searching for hot spots and rooms no it's 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 astounding the amount the amount of electricity and it's pure greed because the the hippies in northern california who grow outdoors in the forests Mm-hmm. You get one, one, you get one huge crop a year, right? But it's all sunlight. It's all natural. You're adding to the, you're adding plants to the environment to process that carbon into oxygen. Uh, but you know, that's, that's not big industry. That's just a bunch of hippies growing a bunch of wheat. Well, I assume you're looking at the actual emission chart here and you can see that California is actually the uh, lowest out of all of them. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So <laughs> I think funny. you might be onto something there with the hippies. <laughs> Well, on a more serious note, uh, talking about cannabis, uh, I think we reported last week about Cresco Labs raising a billion dollars. We're speculating that maybe there's some mergers coming up. Uh, I got mm-hmm. another article that, that came out uh, in U.S. News saying that there's a lot of companies that are doing this and they're expecting mergers to start increasing uh, for 21 in the uh, the cannabis sector. All right. Cannabis Industries raised $2 billion in equity capital without conducting any roadshows or receiving funding from banks. Uh, so that's saying that oh, that wow. should increase the momentum in merger and acquisitions. 
Fuck yeah. The companies raise the money themselves. Now they're fresh with new cash. They can buy companies for cheaper prices rather than doing a share deal. That's even better. I think those share deals are what causes those uh, prices to drop as soon as they announce them. If they're mm-hmm. using free cash mm-hmm. to buy it, they're not diluting the shareholders' holdings. They're just purchasing the company outright. Like, here's some cash. If we start seeing some mergers that are cash secured rather than share secured, we should start seeing those stock prices jump too on the acquisition news. Something to really keep an eye out. This could be an exciting time for cannabis stocks. And and I've got I've got a, a a story about that that we'll we'll get to not in news but I'll, I'll I'll talk about it in stocks with a with a big merger that happened this week or was announced this week. Well, let's move on to that then because uh, I think it's about time. Let's all right all right let's uh, cue some music for some stocks. Here we come trading on the street. Get the craziest gains from when we're in too deep. Hey, hey, we're just two bulls smashing through a china shop. We're so glad you joined us. And now it's time to talk about stocks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So Organogram Holdings, OGI, is a pot company that I've got on my pot stocks watch list. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're up in Canada. They they do the indoor grown uh hot they, they're they're like the higher end indoor grown cannabis for patients and adult recreational right they just announced a new agreement with british american tobacco right they've got it they've got a new partnership and they are sharing into their their intellectual property with each other like it's it's a hundred percent share like like it's not quite a merger but uh british american did buy a 20 percent stake and uh i i i was trying to get shares because i wanted to play the wheel on organogram i want to do monthly wheel because i do monthly options mm-hmm. their uh their share their shares were at uh like thir- wednesday when i was looking at it their shares were at two dollars 89 cents a share right yeah so 100 shares is only 289 bucks. So I was like, okay, yeah, I want to get in this. But to buy the shares if I'm doing the wheel, I got to sell some puts. Like that's, that's all in options. Yeah, that's all options. But I'll, I'll try, try and keep it stocks. But anyway, I was trying to buy shares. I should have just bought 100 fucking shares is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, instead, I was trying to trying to play options because the next day they shot up to $4.04 a share on the news that British American is buying the 20% stake at $4 a share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was a big, uh, <laughs> big stock miss for me. You did a write up on that too, that should be coming out. Uh, I think we got to finish editing it for the website, but yeah, I was getting excited reading about that. I like, I like the idea of getting British tobacco's expertise as far as logistics and shipping and, and all this stuff that you don't really, all this stuff that you don't think about when you're running a company or a multi, multi-country operations, which I, assume they want to branch out and serve other markets if they're not already doing so that's and that's absolutely what one of the things organogram gets out of it right is is they get to expand their international reach and take advantage of of yeah the british american tobacco's warehousing shipping and then the other good thing for british american tobacco is that they can start diversifying out of nicotine products yes yes so so looks like a big big win on both sides and uh i thought i had the number here uh i believe british american tobacco's shares also rose on the deal you have to think they would that seems like good news all around big big news out of that uh i was i tried to trade it i didn't so you didn't really get a whole lot of stock trading done it sounds like sounds like you tried to make some moves but nothing really happened correct i kind of want to talk real quick about gamestop and just the fact that Mm -hmm. what the fuck it's still going (laughs) 
<laughs> still going. It's still what's GameStop that, Madness. What's that South Park when Randy fights the uh, the guy from fucking... It's when they're all playing baseball and he fights that one guy and the, the other dad. Yeah, he gets his ass kicked and I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> Feels like GameStop's kind of like the Rocky of, of stocks right now. <laughs> I didn't hear Bell. I'm going to 2,000 a share and you're not going to stop me. There there was, I shared this the other day, um, S3 Partners, that's the one that reports on the short interest all the time. They Mm -hmm. actually put out on Thursday that they should see the short squeeze continuing. That's the first time I've seen anybody say it's not over. I think most of the news articles have always been, get out now while you can, save yourself. The end is coming. Winter's coming. Winter's coming. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I I haven't seen any articles that were saying like, no, this hedge funds can't stop shorting this stock. It's still going. (laughs) That's something. I still got my shares. I'm still holding on for a little bit longer. I'm probably, I don't know. I don't know if I can keep holding. It's it's kind of sucking me back in emotionally. I don't know if I want to get back to that point again. (laughs) Kyle, I... I wanted to, you know, I had, I had publicly said I was going to hold some of those shares till I died. Yeah. I'll tell you why I sold them and it, and it wasn't you sold them? Well, obviously Cube I sold them. I, I did, but I'm going to tell you why, because it had no place in my trading strategy. Gotcha. It had, I was holding them for emotional reasons. And, and like we talked about with Richard Friesen, be going in that master trading mindset, you got to. You got to not be tr- revenge trading. Right. You know, I, I, I was holding. Yeah, it just I and I, th- I thought about it for a few days and, and and I thought, you know what, as great as it is for the show, for me to have these shares and to keep talking about it, to, to, to be an honest trader trying to refine my method this has no place i still think it has value as a long-term holding i think it probably if i was trading rashly would sell them now and just take a little bit of gains and then just put that right back in when it does come back down because it is going to come back down i mean you have to think it's going to this isn't the next tesla but i mean if uh, if he turns this around the same way he did chewy brian cohen specifically with them getting yeah, appointed to that yeah. board this could be a really high value stock. There's a large market there. You know, they've got the brand and the infrastructure already in place. They could really, this could be really valuable down the line. And if I be holding it, if I plan on holding it, the reason why I'm holding it is for long-term potential, not to try to flip. Do you have any other stock stuff? Uh, Roblox IPO. I want to briefly touch on that. Yeah, Roblox. I think it was priced initially at what, 45 and then started trading immediately in the high 60s, 70s. Uh, I thought I thought it's initial you know, the shares began trading at 64.50. It was price the day before. That was what they they determined a price that they want to open it at and then as the interest builds when they're getting set to trade, the price will start climbing at that point. So the first trade, yeah, first trade was probably in the 60s. So there was a private financing round in January where people could buy shares but not us. <laughs> I hate that. They sold those shares at $45. Oh, okay. All right. That's where they came up with that number? Right. The New York Stock Exchange set a reference price on Tuesday of 45 but no stock change hands no yeah exactly yeah the first stock that changed hands was at 64 dollars 50 cents that was the same thing that happened to me with baba i was when it first ipo'd i was you know it took the day off of work to to watch it and try to buy some <laughs> it, mm-hmm. i just kept watching that price target keep rising and rising and rising like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> those 
bastards. But what was really exciting about this IPO was seeing that Kathy Woods was buying in on the day it uh, it debuted. So Yeah, the very day. The day, yes. If Kathy Woods likes it, I like it. And uh, I think they closed the week at like 69.50, so there's still time. Yeah, it came down a little bit from the, I think the first day it was trading in the 72, 73 range, so it came down a little bit. That's, uh, that's what I want to talk about stocks. I did make some trades, uh, one trade in a SPAC that uh, one of our Discord users brought to our attention. It was more for uh, what you, you call it feeler bets. You buy a little bit just so that way you're paying more attention to the stock. and Yeah, get your toes in it. Yeah, it incentivizes you to research it. So I did that. I used my Roth account. It was a, a ticker TMKRW. Uh, I believe these are warrants, but I still don't know enough about SPACs to know. I think warrants can be converted to shares. Is that, is that how that works? Yeah. Yes. I don't know the process, but I do know that that is their intention and in that they are similar to options as the warrant gives you the right to purchase shares tastemakers acquisition it's a restaurant focused i i bought i bought uh i bought some myself you did i did i bought some of those and then, then i bought some uh ndacu which are actually units not just the warrants okay so i bought so the what does that mean what's a unit uh a unit is a package of shares and warrants uh, oh okay so you get both yeah at some point they will split and i will get uh uh an amount of shares equal to the amount of units i have and then an amount of warrants equal to whatever their agreement is. Sometimes it's one warrant for every five shares. Sometimes it's one warrant for every three, uh, hmm. or sorry, units. Um, it, I, yeah, I don't know the specifics of, of either of these uh, SPACs. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's just another thing that we're trying to add to our, our toolbox. We don't know nearly enough about them yet, but we're planning on learning. So as we learn more about this stuff, we're definitely going to try to share it with you guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to... I wanted to have some units in a in a spec, and then this one just opened, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll what, grab what, some units in you." Why'd you pick it? Did you like the management team, or what it was focused in, or like how'd you actually come across um, it? Uh, I saw the name was Night Dragon Acquisition Corp, and I was like, "Night Dragon, that's fucking cool." <laughs> oh God, you like that guy who plays fantasy football and, and picks out players based on their dragon names because it's fantasy. <laughs> What, Bruce? It's a tough name. He sounds like he'd be a good halfback. Oh, God. <laughs> Normally, when yeah. you buy something with your investments, you do a little more research into the group. So, <laughs> Wait, what? what yeah. Research? No, yeah. no, no. This It's a SPAC. It's a blank check company. What am and, I going to research? And you're going to give me shit for holding GameStop. <laughs> 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 hey hey okay i dipped my toes all right i didn't uh, i didn't i didn't go 50 percent of my portfolio in night dragon acquisition corp right i'm only five percent of my portfolio that's still too much <laughs> i uh, i have two and a half percent of my portfolio in night dragon acquisition corp i think i'm gonna be all right yeah all right should we should we do some earnings can i hear my new song again yeah let's uh let's hear some earnings let's get that music going my motto's always been when I'm right, it's right So I'll wait and watch the charts and the change in price When the movement's mostly finished at the end of the day And we know the common earnings gonna move it my way Skyrockets in sight Earnings call to light Earnings call to light Alright, 
on the 15th we've got dm i think that's called desk metals i think it's a fabrication company threw that one down it uh kind of made i threw it on my tick uh, watch list to something to kind of pay attention to because i like that chad math the guy who worked with yep. uh, facebook and i think this is the company that his one of his specs or one of the things that he was on the board with acquired I think it was chad math yeah uh, chamath not chad math Chamath Palihip. No, I can't even. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> Chamath, the guy from Facebook. I threw that one on there because I've been wanting to pay attention to this company just to see. I like the investments that, that he's done. I uh, kind of like the guy himself, too. He's he's very informative, does a lot of podcasting. So, yeah, I figured I'll just pay attention to that one see what it does. Uh, on the 16th, we've got Fudu, F-U-T-U, F-Cell, Guest Jeans, and Kodak. Mm. Fudu has been all over the goddamn place. That is one crazy stock. It, runs between like 150 all the way up to 200 and sometimes in like the space of like two days wow yeah i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) i I keep watching it wanting to buy it when it hits 150 but i just keep thinking the bottom's going to drop out and i'm afraid to even touch it right oh wow that's funny f-cell i was probably realize now why the the puts i sold i got such a high premium for them i didn't realize they had earnings coming up uh yeah if you're looking to sell contracts you probably know what major events are are known that are coming up so yeah bad on me there Yes. Uh, on the 17th, we've got Sundial, Cintas, and Five Below. Uh, on the 18th, we've got Nike, uh, Carnival Cruise Lines. I feel like we were waiting for their earnings for like months and never actually got them. It says they're confirmed on here. Has it been mm. that long since we actually saw their earnings? I feel like December was about when we saw them. Was it? Okay. All right. So maybe it has been three months. Carnival was the one that we kept getting pushed back and we never actually saw it. Uh, the other one I threw on there, the last one on the 18th is uh, Commercial Metals. It's a steel group that I used to work for. Um, I think their stock price is a little too high. I think it was trading close to $30 a share. Uh, just that company, I don't think has ever been that high, <laughs> at least not in the time I worked yeah. for them. <laughs> uh, they're definitely not a new core. So yeah, I'll be watching them to see if they fall after they report. All right, that's all I got for earnings. All right, folks, before we move on to options, I'd like to take a moment to tell you that Two Bowls in a China Shop is brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. Now, Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor. She focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She's just so great at it. She's got so much experience uh, over 20 years. She's just helped thousands of homeowners, uh, purchasing, refinancing, even reverse mortgages. Uh, She can help. She does it all. She's licensed in 25 states and growing. So if if you've got any mortgage needs, you couldn't do better than reaching out and seeing what Sue can do for you. Best best way to reach her is to just give her a call, 520-977-7904. You can also email her at spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number of 206048. And that email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Reach out to Sue for all your mortgage needs. All right, Dan, let's uh, let's get through the rest of the show. We are going really long. Yeah, yeah, we are. Let's uh, let's move on to some options. A little less conversation, a little more options, please. All this volatility just ain't bothering me. A little more puts, a little less small A little less puts, a little more calls Cause they're tracing up and up your ears Baby, it's time for options It's time for options, baby 
All right, Dan, why don't you lead us off? All right. So I went a little options crazy this week. I'm going to try and keep it short. I'm going to try and condense it down to the main events. After we talked to David Modell on Tuesday, I was like, I woke up Wednesday and I was like, I need to play the wheel. <laughs> Basically, I need to be a seller of calls and puts. I want to be the insurance company. I want to sell other people their insurance on their stock. Yes. Right. And if I'm selling a put, I'm insuring somebody against their stock dropping too far. If I'm selling a call, I'm insuring somebody that they don't miss out on the sweet, sweet gains if it shoots up too fast. So I abandoned my straddles and strangles. Bad idea. Should not have done that. That was me being willy nilly really, really messed that up. Well, you didn't uh, lose anything uh, on that, right? I think you said you broke even on it. Uh, I broke even on my GE. I haven't actually calculated the others because I had uh, I had some on Ford and then uh, I had one on uh, ExxonMobil. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I honestly, I, and I, I meant to do that before the show. I didn't get to it because I was working on other stuff. Uh, uh, I'll put that on the Discord. I'll put those numbers. But I do oh, know yeah. that my, G, my GE straddle and strangle would have both ended profitably. Uh, I bought into my, uh, I only ran the numbers on my, my straddle. But yeah, I bought in, my straddle cost me 96 cents uh, to buy a put and a call ending on the week. And uh, based on where GE landed, my put ended up being worth $1.37, okay. uh, which is like a 40-45% profit on yeah, that been nice. straddle. Uh, right? Yep. And, I, and I, I, I ended up breaking even because I was like, I'm playing the wheel! Uh, <laughs> and backed out too quick. So, so now I, uh, I am pursuing both the wheel and straddles and strangles, but now I'm only looking to move into straddles and strangles on companies that whose stock have a super high implied volatility. Super high or super low? Super high. I, for straddles? I think that's the wrong mm -hmm. way. I think you want to do it the other way. I think you're trying to buy low volatility, long time frame, and hoping something spikes the volatility. Anything that's going to increase your premium, I don't know that... Uh, I don't know. I guess uh, let us know how it works out, right? I, I chose high volatility because I started watching those options videos uh, from David Modell. Uh -huh. And several, several of them were mentioning how when a stock has high volatility is the best time to sell or to, to move in on some straddles and strangles. Really? See, I like the high volatility for, the, for selling the contracts because you get such a higher premium. Yes. Yes, this is true. But the premiums, I'm doing these on weeklies. Right. So, okay. So they should be pretty cheap anyway. I'm hitting it at the where I'm hitting it as close as possible to the point where I'm getting the intrinsic value like those GE. Like that GE straddle, it was the intrinsic value of that put when it, it expired that put it over the top. Mm -hmm. So I'm look, I looked, you know, I looked at it at, uh, uh, okay, this straddle at 96 cents. Is this stock going to be higher or going to move up a dollar or down a dollar or more in the next week? And I thought, yes. And that's, that's where the implied volatility comes in. Like okay. The higher that implied volatility the more likely that, that it's going to move. Okay, so well, you got through those, you could have made some money on it, but what'd you end up actually uh, uh, trying your wheel strategy on? So um, my portfolio now, compared to what it used to look like, I feel like now it looks like the portfolio of a madman. Because... <laughs> uh, uh, because I, I buy a single share so I can track the price. Uh, I've, got, I've got a bunch that I'm trying to move in on. You know, I want, okay, uh, I want 100 shares of, I've got, uh, I'll, I'll just list the stock tickers here. I'm looking at ATOS, I'm looking at EVFM, I'm looking at MARK, and I'm looking at QD. 
They, uh, they're like healthcare, financial. I've tried to, I tried to diversify it okay. a little bit. A Cu- couple of them are healthcare. One, well, I think one, uh, the QD is a Chinese financial. Anyway, they're all, they're all priced uh, around $3. So uh, I can play with a lot of them and not worried about how, if they all exercise at once. Right, right. Uh, I'm not over- overwhelming my portfolio. And I'm trying to keep each position a smaller slice of, of my portfolio. Uh, I, I sold puts on all of those. I bought a single okay. share and then I, I sold puts. Uh, those are all monthlies, but the monthlies expire next week. So um, I'm a week out. Well, if you remember, Modell said that the best uh, time frame he saw, or for him, was, was what, a month, uh, 45 days Third. out. You get the best value. Right. So what, I, what my, my intention is, is to have all of these exercise, get mm-hmm. me the shares, and then on next Friday, then you can start selling the calls. The Monday after, yeah, I can sell those covered calls a month out. Yep, that's my goal there. Okay. And and uh, the other two things I have going on the, the before we talked to David Modell on on that Monday and that Tuesday, I was like, covered calls are the shit. I fucking love them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bought I bought shares. I just straight bought shares in IDEX. IDEX yep. and Sundial. Sundial is uh, that, that really cheap pot company. Uh, they closed Friday at $1.42. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I sold covered calls on them uh, at different dates. Uh, have, Sundial does That was a does good one because they have, they have earnings coming up. So if you sold one for next week, then you probably get a nice volatility uh, or Vega oh, f- boost to that price. Wait, for, for Sundial or IDEX? Sundial. Sundial is on the Wednesday next week. That's what it is. Okay, because I was running yeah. numbers like crazy, and I was like, why are the sundial re- like percentages on selling these <laughs> options are so much higher? That's, that's the reason right there. Uh, uh, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so I, I, and I, had, I, I had a covered call. I sold on uh, MJ, that ETF, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it was definitely going to be exercised on Friday because it was a $23 strike and, and MJ was at $23.50 most of the morning. It ended at $24. I, I waited for a dip in MJ and I bought back the call. Right. And then I sold the shares and the cost of buying back the call, uh, uh, it was about even at, at $23.50. And, and, uh, and I thought, you know what, I bet I can sell these for more than $23.50. Right. Uh, I sold them at twenty three fifty, so so I broke even on the deal because my math was it was fuzzy. I, I wasn't fully paying <laughs> enough attention to it. I should have sold it. I should have set it at like twenty three seventy five, and then then I would have been okay. But right. uh, r- regardless, in that case, what I like to do is I like to use the trailing stop to sell it, and you can set a trigger. Say once it gets above this price, then I want to you know twenty cent selling or trailing mm-hmm. stop. So mm-hmm. once the stock drops twenty cents from that point, then it'll actually execute it. And that's what uh what I should have done. <laughs> <laughs> live and learn and then the last thing to go over that ogi merger really uh was funny because the day before they announced it uh when the stock was at like 289 i was like i want to sell covered calls on ogi mm-hmm. but i'm playing the wheel so since i don't have the shares i'll sell some puts to get the shares right yeah and uh i i sold i sold my puts and uh the next day they had that partnership announcement and the stock shot right up that's great so, for you. That's free premium then. So right, I got the free premium and but I didn't get the shares. But that's okay. You can you can do it again. That's the whole point. Yes, I can. And and I will. OGI is definitely going on my monthly list, but I'm waiting till Monday to to sell more puts. All right. My turn? Yep. 
right. Uh, I made a few moves and options uh, this week. Uh, kind of doing the same thing with you you did. I, I was really liking the, the idea of the wheel. So I sold a March 26, 1750 puts on F-Cell. Uh, I managed to get $3 a contract, and I was loving that. Um, man, <laughs> if I'd known that they had earnings coming out, though, maybe I wouldn't have been so keen to the jumping on that. Right. But that would put my purchase price at basically 1450 if they get put to me, right? So if I get assigned it and have to buy those shares, my total obligation is still mm-hmm. only a couple dollars over what the low was during this tech sell-off. So I'm pretty sure with as volatile as this stock is that I'll be able to sell calls no problem and, and still make up the that difference if uh, you know the earnings come out negative and, and this thing drops. Actually kind of hoping that they do get exercised because I, I kind of want to own some of that. The other one that I traded in, I, I doubled my position in OCGN. Uh, I got the same cost basis as last week with, when I got a 750 net. So basically my total cost to purchase the shares was $7.50 after selling uh, the, the call to for those shares that were basically at the same price that I paid last week at seven fifty a share total net debit. But this time I had to share sell April 16th, twelve fifty calls. Still got to do the twelve fifty, which I like. So that means uh, the max potential profit on that is five dollars a share. And then with that that bottom price of seven fifty, uh I mean we've seen after last week, you know, it'll dip below seven occasionally, but it seems to shoot right back up. Uh the last one I did is paid off so much faster than I thought it would, but because it's a bull call spread, and this is the reason why I don't really like them. Uh, it's so much harder to um, actually get out of them. To exit the position. Yes, because the options themselves are not just intrinsic value. They've got time value and everything else. But So the trade mm-hmm. was June 18. I bought $28 calls at $6.75 and I sold... June 18, $37 calls for $4.25. So that allowed me to get $28 calls at a total cost of $2.50 per contract. That was when the stock wow. was trading at 28 and the share price just this week is already up around, what, $34? My break-even point for this thing is at $30.50. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was really liking the spread I was able to get for that price. I met, I, I picked the June 18th because I wanted to make sure that I had the the next test flight period uh, in that range that I was getting that's supposed to happen in March, so I wanted to make sure I had that covered because I have a feeling that once that actually happens, the share price is going to react positively to it, assuming it happens. But if this uh, share price does keep rising, the deeper in the money these calls end up going, the more they should reflect the actual value and less of the you know speculation value. So I yeah, m- might yeah. be able to unwind from them sooner. I may not get my full you know six dollars. Oh, you might not get maximum profit. Oh no, <laughs> I know. Yeah, with nine minus two fifty is what six six dollars and fifty cents a contract. This is the max profit. Yeah. So yeah, if I can get five out of it, I might just do that, take it, and then do it again. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So, yeah, that one worked out great for me. I think if you're going to be trading co- uh, options, I think you really have to do a spread because you need to lower that price that you're paying for those contracts. And the reason for that, uh, we we talked last week about going through that alert data that we talk about at the end of this segment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, I went back through mid-January and I found the hit rate on purchased options is horrendous. <laughs> Really uh, bad. Only a few really, of them actually really have bad. expired, but right now they're losing twice as often and the loss is three times what the profits are on the ones that do actually make it. Yeah. So even yeah, though only that's... a couple of them have actually expired, <laughs> most of them are already down significantly, if not completely worthless. Oh. Uh, yeah. Even though I know yeah. that, I still couldn't resist making that space trade. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, I, I still think there's value in reporting these big money options alerts, but I'm probably not going to look at just big money. I think I want to mix in some other smaller ones that look appealing to me, just so that way we can track them going forward. Uh, and also, I think with those big money ones, I think maybe the focus needs to be not on buying them and mimicking it, but selling them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I want to mimic it, but I want to be the one selling the options now. Right. Like, oh, well, they're more than likely with that kind of money going on them, they're probably institutional hedges. And if the institutions yeah. are betting that the stock price is going to, if they're hedging their position, that means that that's just their backup plan. What they really think is going to happen is the other way, right? So yeah, it would make more sense with what the data is showing. You want to be a seller of these things. Yep. You want to be the insurance company. Yeah. So with that, you want to go over uh, the, the couple that I picked up? Yeah, let's hear them. I've got TMUS, T-M-U-S, March 19, $125 calls at $5.80. There's $870,000 trade that happened. Uh, YY ticker, uh, April 16, $160 call at $3.80 a contract, almost a million, just shy. And then two smaller dollar ones that I kind of liked was the Oracle 319, $67 call. That one was trading at $6.75. That's ridiculously high. I think this must have been bought before the actual earnings came out. So you probably get a really good price on that, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that climb a little bit higher now that the actual earnings have been reported because they were decent. Um, that was only 28000 total price uh, on that trade. And then mm. Jumia, $319, $60 calls, <laughs> $0.80, cents, uh, $41,000 $41, share uh, value in the, the trade. Super cheap, but man, $60 is a lot for that thing to go up. Uh, it's got to go up $10 in a week. Uh, if we've seen a stock that can do it, Jumia is the one, but... <laughs> Uh, I threw this one on here because I wanted to see what it, I wanted to, to track it, see what it did. Uh, what, what was what was how much money did they spend on the Jumia calls? Uh, Forty one thousand. OK, that does feel like a long shot. I wonder if that was somebody selling a bunch of those on some call or positions they already owned. Just trying to make like a little bit of extra money. So, somebody sold them short and they're like, I want to hedge against this short sell. So no, I'll- I think somebody maybe just owns a large position of Jumia and they're like, I'll just start selling weeklies on it. Oh, like it's somebody, yeah, somebody selling their covered calls? Yes, yes. There you go. All right, well, so who's buying them? Uh, anyway, right? it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that seems like some pretty high premium for something that's $10 out the money that expires in a week. Yeah, yeah, tw- 20% in a week is a really big run. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that brings us right up to... Uh, <laughs> All right, Dan, what's your good? Uh, definitely the timing of my OGI puts. Mm. Selling puts, uh, you know, sell, selling, uh, they were $2.5 puts, and the next day, it, the stock just jumping up a dollar a share. And when the, it's that low, it's like, a, it, it, was, it jumped 35% that, the next day. What's great about, about selling the puts, too, is even though you don't have the shares and you're missing out on the gains, you know, per se, uh, yeah. Because you just sold a put, I mean, you're still you just got free premium, man. That's awesome. That's got to feel good. That's why it's my good. That's yeah. why it's my good. I literally just got free mo- handed free money on yes. one, uh, Tuesday. Exactly. Yeah, or Wednesday. Yeah, it was Wednesday because Thursday's uh. when it happened. Yeah, um, that that felt pretty good. So I I like I like being the insurance salesman, the insurance company right? more than I more than I like being the one who needs the insurance. <laughs> Uh, my good is that uh, lately, I think since, uh, or at least since we started doing these guest interviews, I think 
been taken away mm-hmm. a lot from them. I feel like my trading has gotten a lot less emotional, a lot more technical. Yeah, uh, you know, as fun as those emo- emotional roller coasters can be, uh, I think making money is actually a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, I still got yeah. a little more work to do. Definitely, I still got a lot of work to do, but it's trading trending in the right direction, and uh, it's just it makes me feel good about what I'm doing. Hell yeah! What was your bad? Uh, definitely the math I did in my head on my MJ covered calls. <laughs> Um, I, 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 I really, I put it all together and I was like, well, yep, this is the right move. And I pushed it. I moved on it. And then like, after it had all settled, I sat down and like actually wrote it all out and was like, oh, okay. That was, that wasn't, I, I, I did not make the right moves. I thought I was making whoops. So uh, what's the lesson there? You're going to actually write down the math when you do it rather than trying okay, to just no, that's do it just crazy head. talk. That's just crazy talk. Always in my head all the time. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. I have to write them down so I can see it and check it. And then I know. Yeah, yeah, that's my lesson there. Uh, Acknowledging the bads only works if we actually learn a lesson from them. (laughs) uh, That's very true. Very true. Very Uh, true. I feel like I've made this mistake before. uh, Not noticing F-Cell had earnings coming up before I started selling puts on (laughs) them. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh. I know the worst part is I didn't notice it until I was doing the prep for the show and looking at what options or earnings were coming up. That was the first time I'd even looked at it. <laughs> so, oh, oh wow, man! If there's a reason why premiums are high sometimes, so maybe uh, I need to do a little bit more research and figure out why. Yeah. Well, uh, you're you're making me feel a lot better about my sundial covered calls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they got earnings, and and as I know, earnings. I actually, I think earnings is going to drive a price down more often than it'll drive it up. I, I think after, you're right, after too. After the earnings. I think options typically price, I mean, obviously they have to, right? Because that's just the way it works. The person yeah, person selling the options takes on more risk, so they get higher premium. So, yeah, uh, what is it, 80% of the time, roughly? They're not going to yep. move as much as uh, the options are priced in. So, it's a bad because I didn't do the right research, but it as I think it's working out for uh, as far as be the type of trade I want to try to make, right? Yes. The method yes. was bad. The results might end up being good. The results are what I want to do, but I didn't. I didn't do the homework <laughs> properly. <laughs> <laughs> I just lucked into uh, it, and luck is not good. Yeah, that's that's not the way to. You can't do luck long term. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Mm. But you're ugly. Oh, definitely backing out of my straddles and strangles uh, without letting them finish. Uh, I left, I just left money on the table with GE. <laughs> I had, a, I had a straddle and a strangle and, uh, I, yeah, just this fucking, I'm onto this new shiny object now and not seeing, <laughs> seeing that trade. And like, all I had to do was wait three fucking days. Right. <laughs> and I didn't have the patience to do that. And, and that's, that's me being impulsive and lacking patience. And that's very right, ugly. Yeah. And I need to, I really need to get on top of that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, my ugly is getting sucked back into the the GameStop emotional roller coaster again. Yeah, just what I've I been thought, really zen about it. Just what I thought I was out. They sucked me right back in again. <laughs> Diamond so, hands to the moon. Yeah, I probably need to do something to kind of take or at least mitigate it. I, I, I do want to keep a little piece of it, but I don't think I need to keep as big a piece. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Ooh, man. Okay. Well, That's a lot. That brings us up to the new bet. Ooh. Stocks, 
get to go first this is so weird this feels so strange i'm glad that's the case because i'm still trying to figure out what i'm gonna bet <laughs> oh wow okay so my confidence in in i'm not gonna go first again next week because uh because you don't even know what you're gonna bet no that that obviously you bet. <laughs> whatever um uh, well i had i I had yesterday when I was thinking about it, I was looking and I was like, man, this, uh, uh, my, my Friday Pick'em, uh, yellow, it's a road, uh, railway corp. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they hit four days of consecutive new highs and I was really, really digging on them. Uh, but today, uh, when I, when I was looking over everything, I, I came up with a different one. I'm not oh. going to do that one. Oh, okay. Uh, Curveball. Uh, so you don't know what you're doing. I do know what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I'm doing <laughs> Boeing, B-A, Boeing Company. Really? Yes, sir. All right. Any particular reason why? They hit a new 52-week high on Friday. And, okay. uh, I mean, they haven't had any big news since uh, March 2nd. Um, I'm looking on Ameritrade. I'm not seeing it. They did have just, they, they did just have a big uh, order come mm-hmm. through and be announced of, of some planes. Um I just, I, I just think moving, moving forward, uh, the, you know, they're, they're big, large, co- large cap airplane provider. And I think as, as the economy opens up is, is opening up, airlines are getting bigger. They're clearly striking new deals for planes. Now, uh, right. I think the Boeing, Boeing's gotten out of the woods with their, uh, their, all their plane problems. You mean that the ones that having. the engines keep falling off on? Yeah, I don't. They, I don't know they, that they necessarily gotten out of the woods of that yet. I think the whole fleet is grounded on whatever uh, model that was. I, I I think that one thing was just maintenance. The two, you mean? The two things. <laughs> All right, mistakes were made. Uh, <laughs> no, I think they've got some really good momentum, and okay. I don't think that 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 momentum is done. Uh, right, their so own balance volume is is higher. Uh, the, the the price is going up. They had a MACD cross uh, a couple days ago. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm thinking Boeing. Okay. BA. I think I've come to decision here. I was looking at F Cell. I don't know that I want to gamble on earnings. I really like that company. I've uh but I think what I'm gonna go with because I think I picked them before. I'm gonna try and pick a new one this time. I'm gonna go with PLTR, mm-hmm. Planeteer, Palantir. Palantir. Uh, I keep Ooh. seeing a lot of news about different agreements that they're signing. Um it just seems like there's a lot of positive stuff coming out about them right now. Uh, they've had some positive momentum the last week um, after hitting oh, yeah. that bottom. Had um, a great week. Yeah. So yeah, I think I want to ride them for a little bit. See how they uh, see how they do me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know the Palantir. That word comes from uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. You know. No, I didn't know that. What does it mean? That's the the Palantir is the the orb that. Uh, they used to communicate, and uh, Pippin looks into it and sees Sauron. And at one point, Aragorn, Aragorn oh, okay. lifts it up and ex- reveals uh, yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, not to get too nerdy, but uh, Boromir's father there in Gondor <laughs> had his heart corrupted through the Palantir. Right. Denethor was his name. Uh, anyway, sorry, what's our random stock? Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> 
I'm trying to load it right now. For some reason, it's not. I swear to God, if it loads up Sauron as our random stock, I'm gonna lose my shit. God damn it! Hang on. Right. Yeah, Sauron Energy Systems. Okay, well, I I have done a search on Ameritrade. Apparently, there are no companies that use Sauron in their uh, their name. So. Okay, there's also, there's a GitHub random stock picker. What did that uh, come up with? NIU. It is NIU Technologies. They are consumer discretionary automobiles based out of China. NIU. They trade on the NASDAQ. Okay, that's a real stock. 1.5 million average volume. Ameritrade. Oh, God. Ameritrade. It's, it's Okay, this is the very first stock I've seen on Ameritrade that is rated at a full 10 outperform. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we also need our, our quote, so let me see if I can find a good quote. I actually think we're in a good spot here because they had started the week around 32 and they ended it at 41.64, so maybe they're done with their huge run. I wouldn't count on that. I think discre- consumer discretionaries are seeing a lot of positive momentum because of the stimulus check. Oh, God. Okay, so we're about to get our asses kicked by NIU. Well, there's a good pick for you, folks. <laughs> Damn it. NIU. Oh, man. All right, folks. So there's our bet picks. Uh, stay tuned uh, next week, and we'll find out who won. And remember, uh, if you like our show, let us know by rating and subscribing on your platform of choice. If you like our show and hate social media, just tell all your friends. And if you don't got friends, that's okay. You can buy our new book, How to Win Friends by Buying Them, written right here in the China shop. I think that's, that might be false advertising. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't write the book, damn it. But I'm going to write the book. Maybe. <laughs> oh, it's a big shop. There's room for everybody. It's more fun the more we're here. We're, we're so glad that you're here from all over the world. Oh, I'm just, I'm, I just love you all so much. And thanks for joining us. And, uh, and until next week. Happy trades. Bye, folks. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.